I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody, or happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Well, actually, when this comes out, it's not Hanukkah. Oh, wait, is it? No, it's not. It's done. It's over. It's it's complete. We've completed oh, 2022's Hanukkah, but today I think is, I want to say it's like the fifth day, but I don't know. Today, I'm, I'm not sure, but yesterday was the 21st of December it, in, in the Northern Hemisphere. Solstice. It was the darkest day of the year. Well, actually, it's three yes. days because I guess it's 21st, 22nd, 23rd are all the darkest days. It's like 72 hours of the darkest day. Whoa. And I was feeling pretty dark yesterday. I don't know about you, but I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. But in the <laughs> Southern Hemisphere, it's bright and shiny. Oh, well, if you are celebrating holidays, happy holidays to you. If you're not, then, and this is coming out, I guess, now that I look at it, it's the day after Christmas, if people are Christmas folks out there. Um, and if you're not celebrating holidays, then maybe celebrate you by mm, masturbating. That sounds a nice the way to celebrate. I, no, it's coming out the 27th. Oh, well, Christmas even later. Christmas Day is the 25th, just FYI, just in case. It's coming okay. out the day after Kwanzaa. I'm I'm a really bad at Christmas, and I'm really bad at Hanukkah. <laughs> but you're a good Jewish human, so that's I good. know. I'm a good little Jewish human. Did you human. light your menorah? No, <laughs> I'm not. We'll have to fix it. that, Amy. Yeah, I, every year. Well, I had a menorah at one point, but every year I'm like, I'm gonna get a menorah, and then I just kind of forget. So I loved do. I loved that tradition when, uh, when I was married to my Israeli husband, now ex-husband, and lighting the menorah during this. It's like the festival of lights. It's just yeah. like a nice thing instead of a Christmas tree. Um, yeah, I didn't do anything holiday this year. I except watch maybe. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, <laughs> I have to do that, but I'd watch that in July. It's what was ridiculous. the the movie? Oh, by the way, everyone, just so you know, April and I are not together, and we're just you know we're it's the holidays, so we're just not together right now. So if it's, the audio sounds a little different than, uh, or like our energy is because we're not in the same room. Um, what was the movie that we watched that we were both like, this is really long. It was um, oh, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, we actually stopped watching. And it was like very, <laughs> there were a lot of weird racial things happening that I was like, mm, yeah. I don't know like, if it's a wonderful life back then. Yeah. These For some people. Right. On there. Yeah. So, and also it was very slow. Movies, yeah. I think just, we just are used to things happening faster these days. All that scrolling, you know, scrolling culture. Let's scroll away. So hopefully you haven't scrolled out of this podcast yet since we haven't said much about sex. But guess what? This podcast is about sex, relationships, and sex hacking internal versus external orgasms. How do you sex hack an internal versus external orgasm? I was just listening to this book on the way here. This is in this is about sex, uh, about the financial diet, it's called. And it said that this woman that writes for Cosmopolitan would get tons and tons of questions about sex and relationships. And people are more apt to talk about anal sex than their salaries. And I thought that was really and I was like, interesting. isn't that interesting? And they said, yeah, the more you talk about money, the easier it is. And the more you talk about sex, the easier it is as well. I was like, yeah, that's what we do. 
It's a practice. So are they more apt to talk about anal sex over the financials of their over, salary? Over their salaries, um, yes. But but as anonymous people or as like out in the open, here's my name and my face. She she was saying that she had never received a question about like money finances oh. ever. Mm. It was always related to something else. Maybe not even sex sometimes, but people, uh, yeah, they don't talk about money as, as much as, which is true. I remember yeah. when I lived in Israel, people be like, so how much money you make? And I was like, what? I've never been asked that before. Yeah. Uh, because so it's more like American culture. It's not exactly a conversation. I don't know. But anal. <laughs> if anybody out there is listening from another country other than the U.S., do you all talk about money? Do you talk about sex? Do you talk about anal? Do you talk about anal? Do you <laughs> or talk do you talk about, about orgasms? Or sex hacking? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we dive into a sex question and the interview, um, so just a couple announcements. So you said this episode is going on the 27th. So I think the, epi- the, uh, the event is the 29th. So this is a Discord online event. So we have a Discord for shameless sex. And it's just a whole bunch of wonderful people that happen to like shameless sex. I think we're at... I don't know, over six or 700 humans there that are interacting, engaging, connecting with each other. Um, and one of our lovely hosts there, one of the Brian's, he puts together uh, monthly events. And this event will be Thursday, December 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. time and it's an improv game and just like a little meet and greet. And I will be there. Chip might be. Who knows? Wait, maybe uh, I should wear my Santa baby apron for ooh, it. Let me I see. Got- I'm looking at my calendar. If I, I can do it. I also got one too, actually. Like it's not nearly as cute as yours, but it still is like a That's little... a gift from my friend. I've had it for like 12 years. She gave it to me in for my birthday in July and was like, I just thought this would be great for you. And I've used it more than I've used anything else in the kitchen. It was just on the Pure Pleasure website for like uh, <laughs> two weeks, a picture of you in that. Good, it's pretty <laughs> I didn't epic. ask your permission, but will you sign here? Even no, your mom emailed me. She's like, you're famous on our website. I was like, mm, thanks. <laughs> yeah, go. Go check well, I'd say go check out purepleasureshop.com, but we took it down. But um, yeah, but if you're not following us on Instagram you or TikTok, the site you down. can see it. No, no, no. Just, no, oh. the site is there. We took down the like, picture. <laughs> the picture, the banner is gone. But you can see her in the Santa outfit on Instagram and TikTok. So you can go find Shameless Sex Podcast there. You can find it. The TikTok video did with the It was a big hit. Yeah. Dude. The G-Spotter. That was so fun. Yeah. The G-Spotter. Did the psychedelic one make it in? I don't know if it's there yet, but it should be. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You, you were dancing with that same G-spot candy one. cane. Yeah. Um, so if no, you all <laughs> imagine oh, that one. Oh, you're right. That one was magic one. Okay. Okay. If any of you want to come to that event, it's free. Um, you just go and join our discord group and it's just an app on your phone or your computer. Go to the link in the show notes and you can join. If you don't can't go to the event, that's fine. You can still join our community and be there when you want to. And I'm we, coming. I'm going to be there. And it's often events where we offer prizes like access to omgs.com, one of our favorite websites for female or for vulva owning sexual pleasure. Um, also, sometimes we give away some Uber Loops, some hot octopus. So go and join. And also another announcement before I do sex question, stay tuned because we are going to play another trailer or a teaser. What do you call it? A a oh, it was teaser? A mix a teaser. Te- yeah, it was a teaser and a pleaser together. A teaser. A teaser. But okay. sizzler whatever we whatever this is a real <laughs> yeah a trailer uh, does sound weird though yes well we're doing that every episode for the next like month and a half i think and this one is for body storytelling that's b-a-w-d-y i know how to spell if you listen to it at the end you'll see that i don't and it's just like a one and a half minute che- uh, sizzla to show you um or give you a little peek, sneak peek as to some other podcasts in our network that are absolutely wonderful and are all in the field of sex positivity so stay tuned and Chip, you ready for sex question? I don't think you know about this one yet. No, I don't know about it. And yes, I am. Here we go. I am a 29 year old man and 
when my wife and I have sex, I tend to finish within a minute or two. And it's really hurting my self-esteem because I know she's not fully satisfied. I perform oral on her before penetration, but I really want her to orgasm through penetrative sex. How can I last longer in bed? It sounds like there's two questions in there. Like you want your partner to last longer in or you want to last longer in bed. You want to please your partner, but you also really want them. Like, it's kind of like, how can I get them to orgasm through penetrative sex? So I'm hearing like a two part question there. It is. And the thing that's coming up for me with this, and I'm not, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Kenneth totally addressed this particular question in this episode and he addresses it well. And without even knowing that this was going to be the sex question. So my advice is to listen to this episode for this person. That's for the the first part of the question. And then, um, back to you, Amy. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chip. I was actually going right now to, to grab uh, Keely Rankin's episode. So uh, I'm going to refer to episode 184. It's called Premature Ejaculation. We're doing air quotes right now, but you can't see us uh, because we don't love the term premature ejaculation because it's, it's kind of stating that there's one way uh, or amount of time that works for everyone and everyone's really different. And the question that we often ask is like premature for whom? Is it for you, for your partner? Who decided what that looks like or what lasting long enough looks like? Um, so premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation and ED with Keely Rankin, that's 184, has so much information on this exact topic. And we'll share a couple of things, but just real quick, if you want to go and learn more about this, that is a really fabulous way other than, you know, Kenneth Play and his book Ian Beyond Kurt. Satisfied. Oh, Ian yeah. Ian Kerner's book, too. That's that's he's been on our show before. She comes first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she yeah. comes first. That's a yeah. good one. Also. Emily Nagowski's the Bible I mean, at this point for uh, for us at the, on this show, we reference it all the time. It's not a Bible, by the way. Sorry if you're religious. I'm just saying that because it's such a wonderful book to read and it's called Come As You Are. She has her own podcast uh, as well. So mm -hmm. that book would be great for the reader. OMGS. Amy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To learn how to pleasure the vulva in together even too. Totally. Yeah. And so that this is kind of a little um, hard to read in terms of this question because we don't know a lot of information here. But I'll start with the whole piece of uh, you feeling like whoever wrote this, you're feeling like it's hard for you to have ej uh, rec or sorry, ejaculatory control. And so that's the term we would generally use over premature ejaculation. And oftentimes with ejaculatory control stuff, if you feel like you're going to come really soon, and this is the different, the delayed ejaculation be different, but we're talking about I come faster than I want to and I don't feel like I have control over that. A lot of it is related to having a, a heady process. You're really in your head. I'm, I'm going to come too quick. I'm going to come too quick. And then you do. And that's just kind of like a loop that's getting stuck or a program. Another thing is that you're probably putting a lot of focus and energy on your genitals. Oh my God, I feel a lot, a sensation. It feels really good. I'm going to come too soon. And one of the tools that is really helpful is to take your focus out of your genitals and focus it in somewhere else on your body or on your partner's body. Um, so it could be into your thighs, into your belly. This is literally like kind of like a meditation, right? Instead of focusing on the genitals that are already feeling a bit much, focus on another part of your body or your heart. Um, and to see what happens when you take away that energy or that focus on on that that really heightens um, at aspect of yourself. And then the other thing I would say too is slowing the fuck down, right? Chip, what do we say here at Shameless Sex? Go slower than slow and then slower than that. Wait, I want to ask you a question though. And it's kind of, I know the answer, but this is a very common thing. Do you think they should think about their grandma or baseball? Stats? No. 
I mean, if that's your jam and like maybe, but that might, I don't know if that's your jam, probably turn you on more, but um, well, no, if that's I, your jam, but to stop when people are uh, wanting to, uh, it's like picturing everyone in your underwear when you want to feel comfortable giving a, a speech. public speech. Yeah. Uh, and then it's the same. I've heard it so many times from dudes that were like, well, when I think I'm coming too quickly, I just think about baseball stats. I'm like, what? I don't even know what that means or your grandma, which I was like, okay. I mean, I, I could see guilt porn. No, I <laughs> so see why that would take you out of the heady process of being in your head and I'm going to come too soon. I'm going to come too quick because you're now not thinking about those thoughts and about your body and you're somewhere else. But here's the downside of that. When you go somewhere else and you're thinking about grandma or baseball stats, you're not really there for the experience that you're having and, you know, engaging with someone. And isn't that the whole point of being intimate with other people is to experience it, you know, to be there for it. So I think that there's a way to refocus your mind where you can still be there, but not to be in this like heightened, like, oh my God. And the other thing I'll say with that breath too, are you noticing that you're like breathing really intensely? And maybe if you slow, like slower than slow and slower than that, slow your breath down, slow, deep, full body breaths, maybe even stop what you're doing altogether. So, you know, speak to your partner and say, I'm feeling a lot right now. I need to like slow things down and have like a lot slower, softer touch or no touch at all for a little bit while I can like, you know, get my body back online where I, in a way that I feel like I can navigate. Um, it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to pause. It's okay to change the tempo and the speed. Of course, if your partner's about to come and you're like, shit, I really want it. But then you, cause that does happen. I don't know if you experienced that April where for me, like I'm about to come and I've had partners, they ejaculate because it's so exciting for them to see that I'm almost about to come. Um, and, but the, to me, I'm like, you have a mouth and a bunch of fingers <laughs> or, and I have so many sex toys. There's so many other things we can do. I don't I'm have also, to have a hard cock. I'm wondering if the refractory period for this human is, is really long, or if they could have multiple sessions where after they orgasm or ejaculate, um, after the one or two minutes that they're talking about, if, um, then, um, there could be continued pleasure for the partner that the vulva owning partner. And then once the refractory period maybe, uh, is, is over and sometimes it can be 24 hours. So I don't know. Uh, but if it's shorter than that, and if it's only a, a matter of an hour or something, you could do some fun, pleasurable things in between. And then you could go for round two. If it is a short refractory period or shorter, I'm not saying what well, I know short, that's a very subjective thing. However, if it is like only a matter of um, cause I've been with folks that it's an hour. I've been with folks. That it's 15 minutes. I've been with mm -hmm. folks that it's like, uh, I can't fuck for a day. Yeah, so totally. Depending it's on that, you could work around that as well. And then you could practice with edging. Like you were just talking about where you stop, you press pause when you feel yourself almost ready to have that massive orgasm. If this is what you want, if you want the orgasm and you want to experience that, but I think training your your brain and your system in a way where you could learn to edge could also be beneficial. We've done episodes, not solely on that, but we've touched on that in episodes uh, before. Really? So scroll through our diary of our, di what is it now? It's a catalog. Their catalog, scroll our archives. Our catalog, yes. Yeah. And um, there there will be some things to help you. You could also really, you, you could use a hot octopus pulse product to help you get another erection. If you do feel like you come faster than you'd like to, you could throw on a pulse solo uh, to help uh, the blood with blood flow again to lessen your refractory period. That's another option. We yeah. have a lot of options. Well, and that, and there's a, two short ones on that note that related to what you just said um, is to create a self 
pleasure ma- uh, masturbation practice where you are the one who's actually self-pleasuring yourself, but not just to get off and see how long you can edge and prolong your uh, ejaculatory response. Without watching um, porn or anything? Or without watching porn, but you could use a sex toy. You could use the hot octopus solo um, or just your hands. But you, use, you know, and, and actually, if you use a solo, it's going to be even more intense. So if you can really nail that one, then you could probably get anything down after that. Maybe. I don't know. But um, and so to go and practice that, because I have talked to many people where they were just like beating off too quickly and then having sex too quickly. And then once and then even though they were trying to slower practice with masturbation, it still happened really quickly because you're so used to that. And it they were just going takes faster time. than fast and then faster than that. Exactly. Yeah. So go and do like an exploration thing. Commit like, I don't know, seven days, 14 days, 30 days of self-pleasuring where you are trying to prolong it as long as you can. And then give yourself the orgasm after, I don't know, 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever you can do, and then build it up and go from there. Anything's so pleasure. Pleasure is a practice. It really yes. is. And oh, last shift. Last oh. thing, you can't make your partner orgasm through penetrative sex. It's not your job. Word. Your partner Word. has to want to and be open to learning their own the body and advocating for what works for them. What you can do is get really curious about them and what they want, but you can't make them do a thing. It just doesn't work that way. I'm going to make you happy, Amy, right now. I'm into that. <laughs> I can't, though. You could be sad. I just got really happy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I guess I'm a magic maker. Hey. <laughs> you just sex hacked my mind. Hmm. You just can't make people do anything as we are free willed spirits and humans, right? So, yep. all right. You ready for a bio? Yeah. Great job answering that sex bird of the year, Amy Baldwin, everyone. It's almost 2023, so that's almost done. <laughs> I kind of feel like this news anchor vibe coming out of me today for some reason. <laughs> like, back to you, Chip. <laughs> but All no, right, but, but it's it actually back to you. But it's actually back, back, back to me. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> All right. Kenneth Play is an international expert on female pleasure who was named the world's greatest sex hacker by GQ and Men's Health. Kenneth has been featured by more than 100 media outlets, including the New York Times, Nightline, Cosmo, Playboy, Vice, and Huffington Post. Kenneth is also the author of one of our favorite books, Beyond Satisfied, A Sex Hacker's Guide to Endless Orgasms, Mind-Blowing Connection, and Lasting Confidence. To learn more, visit KennethPlay.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with repeat guest Kenneth Play. I don't know, is this the fourth time, fifth time, sixth time? I'm not sure. <laughs> I love it. I like it when I repeat business. <laughs> yes, you are repeat business. Because you're so amazing. You're really you fabulous. Know. Fabulous Thank what you're saying. Give. Yeah, we had decided after episode one, we're like, can you come back every three months or so? <laughs> and you can pretty much talk about anything about sexuality. Uh, so this one, I just want to do a shout out to one of our listeners. I don't know your name, listener, but someone had asked Kenneth to talk about foreplay and erogenous zones. And this is going to include that. And we're more focused on internal versus external orgasms and foreplay and erogenous zones will be a part of that. So if you are listening, thank you for the email. And we're excited to dive in. So before we dive in, you all heard about Kenneth in the bio and maybe if you listen to past episodes, Kenneth is awesome. We love, love, love him. Can you please, this is to you, Kenneth, not listeners, tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality. Well, I really think I am the world's most unlikely porn star sex educator. I was so sexually insecure. I remember 
in high school, I was so worried about my cock size. Now you have to imagine being a immigrant from Hong Kong moving to the U.S. and like see porn for the first time in American context. It's like shocking. So I thought if I don't have a porn star cock, I'm basically like sexually worthless. So I was living with this huge insecurity most of my life, but also as a really horny kid. So being super sexual, super horny, and I somehow dodged a bullet and turning into an angry incel that uh, in my in my late 20s, I found the sex positive community where there is a lot of education and parties and social events. And I really found myself and that totally transformed my sex life. And I can't believe I make videos, uh, sex education video and write books about sexuality and hacking. And like, yeah, here I am today. But it's really about sexual confidence, I think, and also pleasure. And that's my specialty. Mm-hmm. We've had you on before about shows that we talked about anal, which were was incredible. And then after um, your book came out, the sex hacking book, which is amazing as well. Uh, and then another sh- we've had you on w- about e- ejaculation. And mm-hmm. this this particular this is about internal versus external orgasms, which this is a pretty, this topic is for everyone, kind of like anal, right? We can, we can play with it like anal. <laughs> like Everyone has like, an ass. <laughs> everyone has an ass, but everyone, there's internal and external orgasms. Yes, for vulva owners, but external orgasms, I think penis owners could feel those as well. So yeah. what, pretty sure talk, they can. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure they can feel those. Um, so let's talk about the difference between internal and external orgasms. I think that debate's been going on forever between like their internal external orgasm. The most famous one is when Ford talk about like their internal orgasm is more mature. And then even within the scientific community, there's like kind of endless debate and not a lot of consensus around that topic till recently. And they're uh, one of my favorite sex researcher when it comes to pleasure and orgasm itself. Uh, he wrote, I think, the the best sex research paper I've ever read in my life. It's not dry. It's not boring. It's called The Vagina Strikes Back. And it talks <laughs> about the history of all that debate. Uh, his name is Dr. James Faust. He wrote the foreword on my book, like, must check him out. So there's endless debate around that. And once I got to really interview him while I was researching my book, he taught me something that completely blew my mind. So if you look at their like neuro, their neuroscience between pleasure when it comes to internal external orgasm it doesn't matter if you have a male body or female body uh itself their neural layout is actually quite similar so i went on this crazy crazy um process of actually uh creating those diagrams because they didn't exist like there's no like comparison diagram between that and uh between female anatomy and male anatomy so when i did the layout i realized that if you look at internal orgasm, there's two distinct nerve fibers. So external sensation, what we feel in the tip, tip of the penis or your clitoris is somatic nerves. So they're very similar to your fingertips or your lips. So if you're listening, if you could feel your fingertip, they're very localized and immediate. There's like a direct feedback to those sensations. And then their internal orgasm, or their internal sensation or orgasm feels more like a full body. It's less localized. It radiates, right? And is is you know it could come from the G spot, uh, A spot, cervical, anal, all those all those nerves are visceral nerves. So they just have different nerve quality that could also induce an orgasm, right? So 
But then that's why so many, if you think about the orgasm gap, imagine most straight guys, they go on their first date, right? They never had an internal orgasm ever in their life. And then the date tell them, hey, we're not going to touch your penis today. We're just going to peg you. And then we expect you to have an orgasm being pegged. The first time that you never had that <laughs> orgasm. So for many people, uh, especially what Laurie Mintz talked about in her book, Clitoracy, is that external orgasm is quite liable to somatic nerves. So touching the clit externally and touching the head of the penis because they have same, similar uh, 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 neural layout. But internal sensation require a little bit of a learning curve for most people to learn how to relax into that sensation and how to feel them in order for you to have that orgasm. So, but if you, it, it's, it's really unfair if you look at from like um, straight couples perspective. I think many straight guys for the rest of their life would feel very fulfilled, never having a prostate orgasm, like in their entire life, right? And they're absolutely capable, uh, most of them. But for most women, we preach, like straight women, we preach that this is a, this is a better orgasm, right? It is definitely different. But what's really fascinating about it is that I think most people learn how to have external, internal, but also not rank them. So there's no hierarchy in which one you prefer. Just like some some uh, some guys would love a prostate orgasm all day and could care less about his penis, is is there exists, and mm-hmm. some uh, some vulva owner or some women would want to receive penetration only. But that mm-hmm. is not majority of population. So I love that debate, and I I can't wait to share all the hacks on how to like hack that two system. Yeah, I, I love that you commented. I was like, I'll, I'll just reiterate, or maybe I have a question in there because I, I like that you said that there's no hierarchy because I have heard certain past sex educators say there is a hierarchy of orgasms. Uh, you know, if internal is the way. And, you know, and that's G spot, G area or cervical. And if you're doing just uh, external, meaning like clitoral or like the external area of the vulva, then that's like the, the lower way or less potent or powerful or important and i hear and then i also heard you say something about like yes i obviously when we go inside of the body it's more it's deeper it's we're deeper in the body so uh and if you have an orgasm that way it would make sense why that would be more full-bodied because it's coming from like deeper in your core um but i yeah reiterating that you're not saying that there's a better way you know if someone's just having external orgasms all good for you. Pleasure is pleasure. And you also commented on why it makes sense, why it would be hard for people to have orgasms internally. Uh, I'm just curious if you have anything else you want to elaborate on that as I just kind of summarize what I heard from you, because I think those are really important messages for people to learn or hear. I think the deeper understanding I want the listener to get is that the quality of the experience is different because of the neuroscience. So if you think about more of a somatic like you're touching the clit externally or touching the head of the penis, that since that type of sensation and arousal is more towards the sympathetic system. So it's more flight or flight. It's like, I need to flick it off, right? I flick one off. I need to jerk one off. There's all this aggressive, I want to bust a nut or I want to like get uh, uh, that energy, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the quality of experience is different. When you on receiving internal sensation because of your hypergastric and your vagus nerve, it requires for you to be in a receptive state. And we go to roving into foreplay later, why, especially when it comes to penetration, we require more receptive state in order for that to be pleasurable. So it's quite annoying if you randomly taking an anal exam from a doctor is not arousing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're receiving the sensation, but we know so much from uh, when when uh, Emily Ligowski on her book, Come As You Are, talk about context, erotic context 
also connected with the physical sensation. So when it comes to internal sensation, I, I think the debate from many traditions, like from Taoist uh, traditions to uh, Kama Sutra and, and different sexual practices will highlight internal orgasm because their their full body nature of it. And it also uh, there there's a hypothesis that is have, have less of a prolactin release. So you don't have the refractory period. So you could like come in waves and waves of orgasmic experience. So one is like, I finish one cycle, I bust a nut or like I flick one off and then I need to recover and go again. The other one, it could kind of roll one after the other, mm. but that's a preference thing. It's like, it's like, how do you choose between sugar and fat? You know, like sometimes I like my ice cream, a combination of both, but I think American culture or the scientific community like to isolate something. So we want to separate them too, mm. right? We want to isolate, like, let's be a vegan or be a carnivore. Right. They're like, I think most people would benefit from eating meat and vegetable, like depending on your thing. But be, so I think they're why we separate it is because the science want to isolate a certain thing. But they're two unique experiences that people could have. And and I think they make beautiful music when you use all the available system and all the keyboard and the combination of those. But the most fascinating thing that I learned about internal orgasm is that it works with the same emotional channels you have. So the more you allow yourself to feel your feelings, like literally your emotion, that's the same state that you have to be in in order for you to have internal orgasm. So the more you block your emotion, like you don't want to feel your feelings or don't want to connect with people, the harder to feel that way. So like we don't need to connect people to get, get into a fight, right? Like... <laughs> But you have to get into the different state for internal for internal orgasm. You have to feel all your feelings. So anytime the erotic context is off or there's not enough foreplay or you're not in that state of mind of receiving, you're literally blocking your ability for that energy to rise in your body. And, and I think more straight men could really benefit learning what it's like to get yourself into a receptive state. And they will do way more foreplay because once they're understanding. So... So it's, it's, it's fascinating to me, but the emotion part is a huge component to internal orgasm. I So when you're saying that, I, I some of my most like full-bodied orgasms have actually been more like, not fully external, but only like the first inch of, of penetration of some sort where, so there's still some sort of penetration. So I guess you call that internal, but it's not like, for me, it hasn't generally been with deep, deep, deep internal penetration. And sometimes it has been, but, um, and so, and I've noticed that I was like, wow, it's very interesting that I can have these experiences and I can't replicate them by the way. I'm talking about like the 15 minute witchy orgasm where you're like, what is that? Am I on another planet right now? And it felt, feels like it go forever. Those ones they're like hit or miss, um, every blue moon, if I'm lucky. And, and it's based on so many things, but energy is a big part of it. What you're talking about, like the safety relaxation, uh, because there is this receptive state that I'm able to go into that place. So, yeah. And foreplay, which I think Chip has a question about foreplay for you. Well, OK, so for, we, he kind of touched on foreplay a little bit. Kenneth, 
So how does foreplay fit into all of this? And the flicking of the the flick flicking of the orgasm that was something that I, that I held on to. I was like flicking. I've never heard of no the flick f- went off like like beating off. Yeah, we're talking about for so, Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you're like that <laughs> energy is the same. It's like yeah. oh, I, I need to go to work. Let me get one. Oh, off. got energy, it, got it. That's on the sympathetic side, and on the internal orgasm is like this relaxed, trusting, letting go, surrendering, letting things be. So one is like, I'm manifesting, I'm driving, like making the world work. The other one is like, I'm allowing, Mm -hmm. right, for the world to happen. Very different energy. You could kind of combine both together at like a mastery level, right? And you could dance between the two things, but they're very uniquely different. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the slurpy stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also... Let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> Foreplay is the essential key component to any type of, of orgasm. In or play in general. I mean, your name is Kenneth Play, so you know <laughs> probably a lot about foreplay. How do you personally define foreplay and how does it fit into these internal and external orgasms? 
Well, it depends on people's definition of real sex, right? If they think of penetrative sex as the only real sex, then it's like everything before penetration. But when I look at foreplay, it's engineered to increase arousal, right? Because you want to be aroused before you do the sexual activity. It's much better. Well, although there's like, you know, there's responsive desire versus spontaneous desire. I'm just horny or like I need to be touched a little bit to get horny. And especially important for people in long-term relationship where their spontaneous desire is a little bit lower on that curve and then responsive desire is super important so most of the time you don't really feel like you're hungry until you smell the food mm -hmm. so you want to make sure you smell the food but you like you're not hungry yet so you don't want to shove the food right in their mouth so there is a teasing and dancing to drive up like desire and arousal the second piece is that when we want you want to prime the nervous system in order for it to really be in the moment like when was the last time you enjoy your meal when you're in a big fight like when you're in <laughs> thanksgiving like you you literally cannot enjoy the meal because you are in a different state so foreplay you could like oh people would say hey just do some kissing or hugging or whatever like those are the technical side i think the why is you want to prime your body to be as aroused as possible before you initiate touch because then touch will become immediately pleasurable versus touch being annoying. You know, like this is like annoying and not sexy and I'm like trying to get in the mood and that doesn't work for most people. So driving up arousal is super important. And the second thing about um, the receptor part, you, you, in order for you to be in your parasympathetic nervous system, you literally need to feel safe. And if, especially when it comes to female brain, like you literally want to turn off like, management inc right and like responsibility like i'm not a mom right now trying to take care of my kids and pay my bills and all that shit that does not put you in that arousal state mm -hmm. so but you have to feel safe enough that the world won't fall apart if i let go so mm -hmm. i think the best for play is that you could help someone drop in where in this next whatever play session that we have you don't have to manage shit like mm -hmm. i got this it's like the sexiest thing before the touching and kissing so it's a lot of contexting and then there there is a warm-up period just just say if you like like if you go to a beautiful omakase sushi experience they give you the most delicate fish and work their way up so your sensory input is that if you all of a sudden you're listening to no music and it's quiet and i'm blasting you with music it's jarring so there is a there's a there's an amount of incremental increases that is more palatable to each person's body and situation. So, so on the come as you are bar to talk about the excitatory system, right? So the first part is actually lower the inhibition, right? Feel safe, feeling connected. The other one is how fast do you drive up the excitation? Some people is a slow builder and some people could be like two minutes and they could like not, not two seconds, they could be into that high, like, um, uh excitatory state so good foreplay to me is that you can make someone feel super safe and they're able to drive them up in the pace that their body wants to like you know those dimmer in hotels they don't lower the light in like just turn it off they gradually decrease it's the same science the amount of time that lights dim matters to our experience mm -hmm. so it's like how how fast you increase the value or lower the value matter quite a bit so that's the technical, that's the sort of the sciencey part behind it. But what I really love, like I want to give always listeners some techniques and hacks. So some of my favorite hacks is 
um, pressure. So grounding pressure, like a gravity blanket, like holding steady. And I'm not talking about you have to hold someone for 10 hours. I'm just hold someone in a, in building some pressure, like laying on top of them or they're laying on top of you and just holding them like a warm blanket hug for anywhere from five to 20 seconds. It really creates a grounding experience for the nervous system. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Make sure you have an environment that you're not going to get interrupted. So then again, don't have to manage shit so sexy. Um, like one of my favorite lines um, that I use in bed a lot is that don't manage anything. Like it's really like just hearing that they're like, oh, I could drop in. Um, and then you could start with more central touch or like a grounding touch where you are like, not like teenage boy grabby. It's not sexy, but like no. a firm, <laughs> like a firm, um, like a firm touch. And then if you are more on the kinky context, uh, a owner's touch, I'm touch you like I own you. It could be sexy or I touch you like how I desire you. Mm. So there's like different like sexy energy that you could put into the touch. And I would say that you don't necessarily like go for uh, clits and nipples immediately. It's a good idea. No, 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 no. Let me just let me just like let's just say that if I'm having sex with someone and I mean sex meaning like we're starting to make out and you go right for my clit or nipple or clits or nipples. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I think my nipples sometimes can be multiple clits. Uh, yeah. We have a problem. It feels like razors or like burning or ticklish or like some, I don't know if you can relate with this, April, like some almost like a little EBGB. I know that's my experience when people go right for them within the first minute. I'm like, what are you, what's going on? I need some warm up. Yeah, it needs some more. The nipples feel good just slightly added, like a, a soft touch slowly sometimes, but not like a flicking, fl not the flicking. <laughs> she loves let's get, the let's flicking. Let's get rid of the flicking. No flicking. <laughs> Although later on when I'm super warmed up, flick away. But like, let's talk about it first. <laughs> you know, like I like how Ali Wong puts it, like let's go in like boys and men, like R&B slow <laughs> and then end like <laughs> and as a, a epic action film. Um, but I think the whole idea is also anticipation. Like if we talk about a dopamine system, our, what we want something is something that we don't currently have. So if you're anticipating a wanting, it makes the wanting more desirable. So if you do a lot of drive-by and hinting, it allows the nervous system to build up enough wanting before you have it. Mm -hmm. So like the gap between the timeline of like, oh, I want you to want something and really want it bad enough that I give it to you is more of a reward system. It's like feeding someone when they're completely full or have no interest in food. So so I think the art in foreplay is about developing the amount of desire, hinting towards the desire and then fulfilling when is like they when people are yearning and like like craving it. So creating that craving is super sexy. So teasing any type of drive-by. Yeah, and then also people go for nipples and clits too immediately and forget their entire body is also extremely pleasurable if you touch it correctly. So so it's not like uh, you need to necessarily rush it to genitals or nipples or any of the popular zone in order for it to be pleasurable. 
I've taught sex ed classes where I ask the audience, like, so what's your favorite erogenous zone? And everyone's like, uh, my whole body or like, or, or quizzing people, like what name, you know, your top three erogenous zones that you know of. And some people are like, you know, pussy cock nipples. And some people are like my elbows, you know, the pit of my arm, um, my neck. And they're like, you know, so it's a kind of a trick question because it's different for everyone. So I'm curious about this piece about erogenous zones. And we've heard that, you know, people talk about it, but then there's so many different definitions and definitions of it. So with that confusing message, what are erogenous zones? Where are the erogenous zones? Your answer might be the whole body because it's different for everyone. Um, and do I need a magical treasure map to find them? And how do erogenous zones and accessing erogenous zones contribute to internal versus external orgasms? Lots of questions. <laughs> yeah, there's some very um, awesome data that I, I put in my book on like all the different like key spots that you could touch that could stimulate those nerves, but there's also the sensory cortex in your brain. So you know how you touch your belly button and you feel it somewhere else? Like your taint? Yeah, yeah. How do like, you feel I, it? I feel it in my... No, no, I, that's, you, I, but that's 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 beautiful because you feel <laughs> it in your taint because of your particular neural layout. So for some people, their elbow could do the same thing as their belly button, but they're connected to their clit because it's where which part of the brain is lighting up right that like hey this real estate is that if it, any overlap feels kind of like a sexy touch mm -hmm. so and then the, the brain is also a learning machine so for some people like if they have a neck injury from the neck down they could no longer feel that genital they could remap their earlobe to induce orgasm by their association and building that that nerve that association so your brain is capable. So some people are wired. So I call it pleasure mapping for everybody. Like you have some like baseline wiring that makes a particular spot more pleasurable. And, and then the pleasure layout is literally, if you could imagine, like obviously every clit or every vulva, every penis is not exactly the same, like the diagram that you see in books. And the nerve layout might be slightly varied between humans to human. So like why would one woman like it at one o'clock and one people like it in the pubic mound? Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the reasoning behind it is that the nerve layout is slightly varied, just like our face is different. We both all have eyes, but slightly spaced differently. So one person might be a little bit to the left. So that's why you never use your ex-girlfriend map on your new girlfriend neighborhood. <laughs> Because it mm -hmm. does not work because <laughs> it could give you a general sense, right? But it's not the same because she, her layout might be slightly differently and the preference might be a little differently. So I think it's really fun when you have a brand new lover, like you could use your historical learning, but also like map this new person as a brand new neighborhood. And then you remember where you park your car and where the house is because there's, <laughs> certain, there's a certain spot that is a higher responder. And then you basically have to figure out, like I, I teach this class back in the day, how you how to wow your new lover, like someone you never play with before. And I hate sometimes sex education become like everybody's living, just communicate, communicate, communicate. But it doesn't really like, what the fuck do I do when I'm actually in that situation? So I have a, I have a process where you go down um, sort of a decision making tree. So when you first meeting someone, and let's assume that person don't tell you shit, and most people mm -hmm. don't actually like they want you to figure it out like that's it's in some way that's a sexy part. I'm so not true. saying that, that that I'm not saying that is the best practice, right? The easiest practice. I do I value communication, but let's face it. For I think for 
and I'm sorry using more like uh, straight contacts because I'm a straight guy, so I have more of those experiences. But their experience is that sh- my lover wants me to figure it out. Like, that's what's sexy about it. And and as soon as she's teaching me how to touch her, it kind of loses their erotic context. So I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go into most sexual situations not getting a lecture right on like what she likes and don't like. And it'd be very vague. So how do I still learn what to do? So the most logical conclusion I came up with with the sex hacking method is use research data and use the most popular one first and work your way down. Mm. So imagine earlobe orgasm is there's a certain percentage of human that could do it, but do you start like spending your whole hour on the earlobe? No, (laughs) right? Like you go for the external clip because most people do it. And then there is like variation in um, speed angle, amount of pressure, and rhythm. Rhythm is a big one. Like people forget about rhythm so much because there's a, this uh, process in your brain called entrainment. And it's like, when you f- finally drop into a song, you're like in the groove. Like how many times that like someone is like eating you out or touching you finally to get it right, the rhythm is correct. And then they decide, like, then you react to it. And then they think that's the time to change something. You're like, fuck, <laughs> why, did you, why, did you, why did you change the song? Like it was just getting good. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the idea is if you go down this decision tree and you try the most uh, popular one based on data, and then if you, you seriously, like for most people, you just need to find one to three reliable sensation for someone for them to have a great time. Right? That's like super relieving. That's, a, that's not a lot. Like one to no. three, that's totally doable. I mean, but think about how many different ways you masturbate. Like you usually go to not, your top. Yeah, one, not two, that three, diverse. That's probably <laughs> one, you know, like we're like, there's a, there's a, we are creature of habits because it's, it's interesting on the neuroscience side is that like we want to be openness to exp- like to new experiences as James Charles put it. But we also, the, the role of learning is important when it comes to sex because we want to know what's reliable and pleasurable so we don't have to spend time thinking about it because it ticks us out. So this is fine balance of go to the most reliable one because it requires less thinking and less sensing because it's already there, that pathway. Um, but then you don't want to stuck on doing the same thing over and over again. It gets boring. So it's this ratio of how much exploring and how much I could just like trust that this works. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, I love that math and how to figure all that out. It's yeah. It's easier said than done or more. I mean, you're, you're saying it's, it's actually kind of simple or easy, but also it's a little complex because balance is hard for a lot of people, right? If you just gave me like this clear thing, but you're saying it's a balance between multiple things. It's a little more challenging for folks to learn. Yes and no, like like it is is complex in the mastery level, I would say. But like, look, I am talking about closing the orgasm gap. It's like most people who want to orgasm get orgasm at the end. So if we're talking about the bare minimum entry, it's just that you have to have provide one sensation that is in a consistent rhythm that sh- that person prefer. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a lot to ask. The mm-hmm. balance between is like, how much do you want to add to your repertoire? Like how many different types of orgasm and erotic context or kinky sex or romantic sex you want to add on top of it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you can get one arousing situation and one sensation that feels good, th- I mean, so that's the baseline. Then how you built from there is it, completely different. And I really want people to have a clear answer on how to get to that figure out that one sensation and one erotic context that works for that person. 
-hmm. then if you are also the brain is brilliant because if you know that person provides reliable pleasure and orgasm, your brain wants more of that. So we create this reward system. So if you disappoint, and unfortunately, if you disapp people, disappoint people in bed, their brain will have this anticipation and this is not going to be very good. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like a restaurant. Right. Like you just need to wow them. The, like wowing them early is good because it's like I want to go back and eat that good food again. Mm -hmm. So so it's really about um, figuring that out early. But I do not think it's rocket science. And we also make it like we I don't think the people really need their extra intimidation or to compare uh, female pleasure more difficult than male pleasure. The principle is the same. Right. So when you masturbate, is it difficult once you find the thing that works and you keep doing that thing? No, it's, it was, and it doesn't take long. And we we're talking about like anywhere from two to 10 minutes for mm -hmm. people to like when they feel like when you masturbate, you have the big three ingredient, right? You have um, you have the erotic context. So you may be like thinking about something that turns you on, you're watching porn or reading erotica, whatever it is, right? Are you recycling your his historical sexual experiences? And then you are uh, you are paying attention, so you're not like doing something else. You're not like do, flipping through Instagram. You're paying attention to your own sensation, and you're feeling safe enough because you usually have privacy. And the third thing is that you're providing yourself with consistent rhythmic sensation that you like. Like that's all it takes, mm -hmm. right? If you get people to pay attention, something sexy, and touch them in a rhythmic continuous. <laughs> sensation it does the trick and so I, I i really want to take back the complexity it could be really simple but mastery could be really complex mm. so it, this probably is the same for external and internal orgasms it sounds like it sounds like they all can align with one another whether it's uh pleasuring yourself or if you're attempting to because those three things i can align in my own head like if those things happen not maybe imagining someone else while i'm in uh in, in a sexual experience with my lover like i'm imagining the porn i'm seeing or maybe i do uh but with internal orgasms i feel like for me those are a bit more difficult because i enjoy external stimulation so what are your top tips for internal like like for internal orgasms so let me paint a picture of someone who never have an internal orgasm before and want to explore it or have unreliable internal orgasm. It kind of happened randomly. So here's one of my favorite hacks, and I definitely cover on Beyond Satisfied. So the trick is that you use your most reliable technique, just say if you like external sensation. And again, I don't want to separate both. They could happen simultaneously. Internal, external could happen simultaneously. But your brain do have to differentiate the two, like blended sensation is like sour and sweet could go together, right? But <laughs> but they could say sour and sweet, right? They could be different. Um, the first thing is use your most reliable method of giving you, getting yourself off. So if you like a vibrator or you like rubbing your clit a certain way, I'm talking about female body. So you edge yourself. So you get yourself into the highest amount of arousal you could possibly off before you tip off you know like when you're about to come everything kind of feels fucking good like choke me slap me like everything feels amazing so we want to get to that state when your brain is like this is really good anything feels good and then you want to lower the sensation that you're providing externally and then increase the amount of internal sensation so you're using your rely your learn reliable uh, external stimulation to drive up enough arousal to get you to the state and then you lower it enough and then you focus more so not all the way then you start losing like the, the arousal 
just lower enough that it doesn't tip you over and amplify their internal sensation high enough that eventually if you basically do this, this would tip you over. Their internal orgasm would tip you over. Your brain could learn. So if you if you own a penis, right? Same exact thing. Masturbate with your penis. Have an insertable toy on your prostate. And as you get closer, lower the stroking of the penis and then increase their internal sensation and have your prostate tip you over. Then after that moment, you wire your brain to have a reference that I my body could do that. And the coolest thing about those two nerves for, for a penis owner or for, for a guy, just say if you do the edging with your penis and you start the prostate experience and then you lower enough uh, with the penile stimulation and then you get your prostate to come, you could immediately masturbate before your prolactin releases all the way through. Like before your refractory period really kicks in and we have like a 30 second, it depends on the person, but like a 30 second window. If you jerk off vigorously, you could get yourself to have a multiple orgasm or back-to-back -back orgasm immediately. So prostate come and then the penis could come, two different distinct nerves, hmm. and they could have a back-to-back. -back. Same thing if you uh, own a vulva, you could like edge yourself that way, have an internal orgasm and in immediately turn on your Hitachi to high and have a clit orgasm back-to-back. -back. Hmm. And so that's one way to, to because it's two distinct nerves. But female body could have a lot more of that, much easier. Like us bros is like uh, <laughs> yes, bros. We're all we're all witchy over here. Y'all just bros over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basic. Well, and, uh, so basic. And and well, I like what you're saying too, is that it doesn't have to be basic too. There's these ways to access different nerves, um, nerve endings and nerve sets. And then also the piece about how um, I mean, the possibilities are, are limitless and the brain just kind of like habituates, it gets used to something and just like it's getting used to something that doesn't feel good. It can get used to something that feels really good. Um, and this is just before I move on to something else that is kind of similar to penis things. Um, I, you know, someone who didn't like nipple stimulation for a long time, my whole life until um, someone very special uh, reactivated them in, in a non-sexual environment. It was an exercise in a sex and relationship coaching training. And I, my nipples are being touched over my breast with my, um, not my, even my, beyond my consent. It was consensual. I was actually requesting it. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, they're alive. And I was like, oh, and then I had three clits for a while and then they went away because I got pregnant, but I'm not, you know, I'm not pregnant anymore. And, you know, so, but then, so I did this kind of like yo-yo thing back and forth of, I don't like this. I like this. And my brain got hooked on liking it. And then it went away because then they were razors. And then it took a while to get them back. And now I like it, but it's not quite the same as it was when they were three clits. They're like, they're kind of clit-ish, but, um, but I know it's available. I'm like, I'm aware of that. And that's beautiful. And that's hopeful because I know that my body is highly malleable and I have to feel safe and respected. Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, Uberlube. Uberlube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy. And I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long lasting and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky, and has no flavor or scent. In April, I've heard you say this great for oral sex. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending Uberlube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin. It's highly body friendly. It's less likely to change the pH and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. Uberlube is not just for sex. It's for massage. You can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love. So the aesthetics are beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code SHAMELESS to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending omgs to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. Omgs utilizes scientific research of real vulvas, showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. And then they turn the research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. Um, so anyways, coming back to this, I mean, this isn't necessarily about penises, but you have this concept premature penetration what is this and how can foreplay help with this i think there's unfortunately too many uh too many straight women or even uh, it doesn't matter whoever like to be penetrated right they've been prematurely penetrated they're not aroused enough they're not ready the person just want to stick it in and like like masturbate their 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 junk on your holes and that is not sexy and is not so what i like when most guys worry about premature ejaculation i actually want them to worry more about premature penetration because if you could arouse someone enough and turn them on like all the teasing all the grounding thing and then when the like why are you not fucking me is a great state to be like i want you inside of me so it's not about patient it's not about waiting so you could get off but you get the best version of that sexual experience if people are craving like that porn star attention like please fuck me energy but you have to get to there like you have to get there first and was makes the penetration way more pleasurable so uh premature penetration is ultimately that you didn't have enough foreplay for penetration and then you're trying to use penetration to get more aroused which most people will wire that penetration not being fun and want to fuck you less so it's not a good bargain so mm-hmm. the goal, and we're not talking about like, let's spend like two hours on four plays. For some people, they they could lower the inhibition and get excited in two minutes. For some people, it needs five minutes or whatever the amount of time, depending on what's happening in life. But it's a worthy investment there because it makes a quality of sex so much better. Mm-hmm. 
I, I love that. I love that you created that term because that totally resonates with me. And I think a lot of people that I know, and I love that state where you're like, just fuck me. Now I need you to fuck me really hard. Like that's, that's like the porn star state or just like, I really need you inside of me or like, I want it. Yeah. Like raw and hard and, and dirty. But if I'm not in that state and we do, you're trying to do that. Oh no, 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 hard. No. And then my body's gonna be like next time. Nope. No, thank you. No, there's another very important reason is that because like, genital arousal like the total engorgement of a vulva and the vaginal tunnel is is so important for that to be fully engorged it's like you're trying to have penetrative sex when the other person is not hard like the quality of their penetrative experience is so much better for both party because it's really swelled up so it's like it's like is when it's like like prime and juicy and warm and like i i, I actually like like my favorite foreplay is some like uh, warm-up orgasm is so much better like I want to kind of want to have a couple warm-up orgasm because I know that makes the penetrative sex even better and it doesn't take that much investment to have some warm-up orgasm if you know what you're doing on their on their when you figure out that person's like how they like to be touched and I think you know when you are like yep in the beyond satisfied territory when you when you learn how to touch someone and I'm, I'm serious it's not that hard and then you know how to like they, they the more they climax with you they're more likely to climax with you so it's like it's like compound interest when it comes to that so if they learn how to do that in the beginning like is is you get less effort and more reward down the road so i think also i think it's just a good strategy for people who have performance anxiety when it comes to their penis like staying hard not coming too early like i i love ian's uh ian kerner's perspective where she comes first is really good in a straight uh, couple context that she get a couple warm orgasm before penetrative sex so you don't have to you could worry less as a guy like do i need to last long enough blah 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 so at least you know you 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 front loaded like an orgasm on the other side so you have less anxiety on the other side it's just a thing you have all of this information and much 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 more in beyond satisfied it's a sex hacker's guide to orgasms and well how can people find this book? Because there's so much, there's a lot of the subtitle of what they can get from this book. And uh, we, we love your work. We're, that's why, that's why you've been on our show so many times, because every time you're on the show, not only do we get so much information from you about um, a variety of topics, but the way that you deliver the information is, is digestible. So it's not just technical and scientific, it's digestible. And, uh, it, so I know folks out there want to buy your book because, um, I, I, I love it. And, and it's a, a great resource that you can have again and again, and again. So how can they find your book? How can they find you and work with you? Um, we're going to have you on again. So it's not, I'm not going to say goodbye. It's just see you later. <laughs> um, they can find me on tenaplay.com or like my social media handle. I'm building also a, a beyond satisfied brand. So it could be beyond satisfied So you could get the book. I have a special edition, which is this one that has, if you ever watch this on video, like the book looks wet because I did embossing. Ooh. Ooh, the that's so, beautiful yeah so it's, it's I love. um and the and it title, book's available now right it's available yeah, it's right on now my website that you could okay. so this special edition is on their paperback is everywhere 
Um, and also I have a new audio book that is coming out. By the time this episode comes out, hopefully I, I could release it first. Uh, I also interview Dr. James Fowles, Ian Kerner, who wrote She Comes First. Uh, Dr. Jana is in there for some extra bonus content that I couldn't cover at all. Like that entrainment rhythm thing that I talked about earlier. I actually get to talk to Ian Kerner a little bit about it and James Faust also doing research behind it. Super fascinating, super cutting edge stuff. But ultimately, like I, I think what I look for as a sex educator is not to just inform people. I'm looking for transformation. So informing people doesn't necessarily help them experience better sex. So what I do is instead of like just giving you the scientific explanation, I like literally have a vi accompanying video course. I show you literally how to do it in the moment, in context, like full on explicit version, because I think it's very hard for people to visualize what I'm talking about until they see it. Oh, that's what you're talking mm -hmm. about. So I develop all my educational content. Like you could watch a TED talk like lecture. Like imagine Steph Curry trying to teach you how to do a jump shot to win the championship. So he does a lecture on the physics of how to release a ball, the timing. And then you see him do a demonstration and then you see footage on how he win the championship game. Like that's after me, he came over to my house though and we yeah. banged it out, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh so make sure he's the MVP. So it's really important for people to receive their education from this 360 view in order from really to practice it and feel they're confident to execute it. So mm -hmm. so and I taught fitness for 15 years before I did this. And so it's more about embodiment and transformation than just knowledge itself. I love how your book has the QR codes too. So when you're reading, you can go and scan it and then go move forward to your website to go and actually see visuals. And there's just, yeah, it's like it's, the it's, actual like it's a, technique moving. Yeah. And in the, movement, yeah, in movement. And, and I also do like, cause I'm such a fitness nerd. I do internal representation and external. So you could piece it together. Like if I say finger someone and you're like looking at a diagram and it's not moving, even if I do the like, like different illustration technique is different than movement. So mm -hmm. I have to make like over 80 custom diagram just to kind of nail all the movement down. And more importantly, like since we're on the erogenous zone, when we talk about internal sensation versus external, the key difference when, when it comes to internal sensation is that those nerves respond to pressure better. That's why like finger jabbing don't usually work for most people because it does not provide enough pressure for the sensory threshold, meaning the amount of sensation your brain needs to register in order for it to like be something and feel like something. So that's why I teach a lot of squirting thing because that technique requires you to amp up the amount of pressure. And you're like, oh, hello. Like, I, <laughs> like, like what is this? Like, I kind of have to pee kind of feeling that I feel and like, I don't know how to feel about it. That's <laughs> when it's most important. You learn to let go and trust your body that the function is correct. The feeling is good. And then if you attach to like, like squirting is shame, then you, you, then you back to inhibition. So like, that's why I teach squirting a lot because it really like framed that lesson really beautifully. So how can you get your partner into the right receptive state where mm. you could remove the shame, increase arousal, and then you apply enough pressure and a rhythmic sensation that that could ride into an internal orgasm or a combo with an external orgasm. Cause you could also rub the clit while you do it. Well, I use your bear down. You were the one that taught me in the episode that we did about ejaculation, about bearing down and the release, because it's the opposite of what you yeah, want to do. And yeah, I use yeah. that technique all the time and it fucking works. So <laughs> there's so much that you have to offer. And um, 
thank you for being on the show once again and for sharing everything with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm going to do a little outro real quick, but stay tuned because Amy has uh, something to share with you that's very importante. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to all of our beautiful listeners, you shameless sex revolutionaries. Thank you for loving us. We love you right back. Thank you for listening to the show. If you love us, please go ahead and rate us on iTunes and Spotify. Give us five stars. We read every single review and we love you and we hope that you love us too. It just helps more people find folks like Kenneth Play and all of the experts and fabulous folks that we choose to have on our show. Also, check out our the sponsors that we have. There's only a few every show and they help us feed ourselves and they help us make this show free for you every week. So we love you and don't go anywhere because Amy's got something to tell you. Oh, yeah. All right. So oh, Kenneth has something too. Oh, I saw Kenneth it. Has uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is coming out on Christmas of a Christmas special for everyone. Oh, yeah? Like my ebook, Ooh. which you could download anywhere in the world and have it in your in your favorite apps is only a dollar ninety nine, so eighty percent off of Christmas. Like if you if if budget is a restraint, like two dollars. I think any most people could do it on this planet. So come check out my my ebook, and then you could also have access to all the QR code on the ebook. You literally just click on the picture, opens to the website. So I have endless content there. It's a really easy way to learn about what I do. At kennethplay.com, where can you get the yeah, ebook? Kennethplay.com. You can Go get it get anywhere, that. but it's eighty percent off on my site. So it's on so just Christmas 99. Day or D- G- December twenty fifth. Uh, is on for the entire month of December. Just go to kennethplay.com for a dollar ninety nine, eighty percent off ebook. Twenty twenty two, y'all. Happy Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah right now. Wait, day two Hanukkah. Uh, hey, mom. Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah Mary, Sameach in Mary, Hebrew. Yeah, in Mary. Israel. April's better at that than I am, even though I'm the Jewish one. <laughs> Merry Christmas um, and all the other holidays. And if you don't celebrate holidays, just go get Kenneth Play's book because why not? You're going to learn a lot from an expert and it's fantastic. I love, love, love Beyond Satisfied. Uh, and so thank you so much, Kenneth, for coming back on our show. You'll be back in about three months. So maybe we'll have something for the spring. We'll see. We'll find I another hot topic. survey coming out. So like new data, the biggest sample size we have, like when it comes to being a size queen, our data set is legit. Let's not spoil, spoiler alert. That's what you're going to yeah. get soon, yeah, y'all. Yeah. I love a good size queen. Uh, and I also uh, actually had some questions about scoring. I was like, not relevant, Amy. Hold it, hold it. So <laughs> we'll do an episode on that again. Um, okay, everyone, we're going to do a trailer for you. A teaser, we said, right? It's a teaser or what would you call it? Sizzla. A sizzla. A teaser, a teaser, a pleaser, a sizzla. I like teasla. That's tisla. good. A teasla. <laughs> so we're doing a teasla for you. And it is a trailer, a teasla, a sizzla from our podcast network, specifically from the Body Storytelling Podcast. This is, and I'm saying body, like B-A-W-Y. Um, B-A-W-D-Y. Oh, sorry. I forgot to do the letter. Damn it. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> glad I have a Jamie here. Uh, and uh, by the way, Dixie De La Tour has been on our show before. So uh, she is the host of this uh, podcast. And then she also used to do live events. Like, they're probably not happening right now, but I think that they have been um, quite popular in San Francisco and Seattle. So episode 112 is called The Best Dating Advice You'll Ever Receive with Body Storytelling. You listen to it so you understand why we're calling it the best dating advice because it's not exactly what you would expect. Uh, I um, implemented her tools and they're amazing. Her podcast is incredible. So it's weekly episodes and 
Uh, their personal stories about sex, everything from kink, non-monogamy, all kinds of life-changing sexual adventures, um, to, or maybe just like one sexual experience that just really altered someone's being, but they are told in a really juicy, awesome, empowered, sexy way. I highly suggest checking it out. Um, and body body storytelling is part of the Pleasure Podcast Network. So it's the network that we are a part of. Chip, how many how many podcasts are we with? Is there like 15 now? Or I believe there's 15 or 16. I could actually probably count if I went on the website, but I haven't done that. So I should do that. Well, yeah. So our that's podcast- my, that's over over the holidays. I'll do that. Okay, we'll look at that <laughs> next time. So our podcast network, Pleasure Podcast, is full of sex positive podcasts with a lot of different focuses. So you know, we are shameless sex with a specific focus. Kind of, we're pretty broad, but um, there's all kinds of really wonderful, amazing podcasts there. You have to check out Pleasure Podcast Network uh, and go and listen to all the podcasts there. And shout out to Cam who runs Pleasure Podcast Network. We love you. All right, Kenneth Chip. Listeners, are y'all ready for uh this? What do you call it? A, a y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for bliss? Y'all ready for bliss? Oh, yeah. Are y'all ready for bliss? Yes. Here we go. Do you wish you had a cadre of fun, outrageous friends who'd share their true stories of sex, kink, or gender with you? Well, I have hundreds, nay, thousands of them. And I invite you to join us every week on the Body Storytelling Podcast for a different story told by the person who had the adventure. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and the award-winning Body Storytelling Podcast features stories told live on stage in front of hundreds of people. Think Savage Love meets The Moth meets Mortified, and these stories are explicit. You name it, Body's got it. Stories from fetishists, polyamorists, swingers, kinksters, stories from queer, trans, bi, pan, the monogamish, and the open-minded. Body stories may be X-rated, but each tale has a gooey center with heart and real meaning. Body Storytelling is proud to be part of the Pleasure Podcast Network, bringing sex-positive education and storytelling to your ears. I'm Dixie Delator, and I hope you'll join me as I bring you a new uncensored story every week on the Body Storytelling Podcast. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.